Uh, but today, I also want to read a letter. Um, where's Dylan? Dylan, are you here? Dylan? Come on out, Dylan. Can we give a round of applause for Dylan? So this is a bachelor auction. We're going to auction him. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, c- come on up here, Dylan. I promise not to embarrass you. I want to say good morning to the online, our online church. We get this letter, uh, speaking about giving, we get a letter once a month from an amazing couple. I want to give them a shout out, Dave and Becky. Uh, they know who they are. They watch online. They've never been here in person. They live down the shore of our province, and they watch faithfully online every single week. And once a month, we get a letter, and in that letter, we unfold it. There's a, a, a t- uh, an offering and tithe check, and they give their check every single month. Um, Dylan, mail are these things we used to get, these letters we used to get these things years ago, and these mailbox, and checks are these pieces of paper. Um, but yeah, checks and letters, and... Uh, I love this. Let me read a part of their letter. We get, we get the, basically the exact same letter. Dave and Becky, we love you. Every single month, it says the exact same thing. It says this. Again, we would like to thank all those who make online church possible. For those uh, of us who are not able to come in person services at this time, may the Lord bless each one of you in your service and ministry, Dave and Becky. And Dylan, um, don't be afraid of me, Dylan. Come closer. Um, Dylan really is in charge. He runs the switching of the camera angles every week. So if you watch online, you see one camera angle, then another camera angle, and then another camera angle. That's Dylan who decides when to switch it and what it should look like. And um, how old are you, Dylan? I am 16 years old. 16. Yeah. How old? Is it Mateo on camera today? How old is Mateo? Do you know? Mateo, how old are you? 14? Our main camera operator today is 14. Um... What are you doing after high school? Well, the plan is to go into med school. Okay. Same. <laughs> um, I wasn't good at chemistry. The only element I knew was the element of surprise. Um, do you know what kind of medicine you don't know? Not, not specifically, no. Um, I'm thankful for families that believe that we can serve together. And just think about that. We have two teenagers running our online cameras, the angles and the cameras. We are so thankful. And I wanted to put your face on camera today because Dave and Becky, you always want to thank our, our online team. And there's many, many more. But this is one face of someone who makes it happen every single week. And Dylan, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's already been an amazing service. We don't offer money back guarantee, but uh, it's been so good. It's been so good. I'm wearing my, like, my Magnum shirt. I feel like I should be like, in the Bahamas today. It feels, I feel like a sheep. But to be honest, I feel like a sheep, uh, like a bull. Um, anyway, it's, it's working for me. Okay. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 12. You know it's going to be a good Sunday when the preacher breaks out Revelation. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12. Listen, we're going to be doing communion today at the end of the service when you walked in. You would have been giving one of these elements. If you didn't get one of these elements, we're just going to hand it out right now. Can you put your hand up if you did not get one of these elements? We have a couple ushers right now in the lobby. Anybody not get one? It's okay to put your hand up. We want to make sure you have one. Right down the front row, right down here. Thank you so much. And we're going to do that together at the end of the service. Um, and we're going to do that together. It's going to be an amazing morning. Online church, we're so glad you're with us today. So glad you've tuned in. Today I want to talk. We're taking notes today for the next few minutes on this topic, Testify. Testify. Look at your neighbor and say, testify. Look at your other neighbor and say, I hate when they do that. Okay. (laughs) Let's pray. Can we pray today? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Father, thank you for everyone tuning in right now. Those are going to watch this later on in the week. Thank you for those in here in person today. Every child that's in kids ministry, every 
person serving today, everyone that's here today. God, we just thank you for your spirit. And we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do today. Thank you for soft hearts. Thank you for a passionate community. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your miracles. Thank you for the healing miracles we're anxious to hear that you are doing even now. Father, help me preach well today. Help us follow you well today. In the hard parts and the good parts, may we trust you. And everybody said? Amen. 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 If you have your Bible, Revelation chapter 12. Um, let me ask you today, what do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're afraid? Uh, what do you do when fear of tomorrow comes in? I, I, I think I say this every single Sunday, but I've never seen a season in my 47 years of living and really almost 30 years of some sort of ministry, a season like this where there's so much fear. Text messages I get, conversations I have, just reading people's faces, even in myself, fear. Things that I thought were not fears that I'd overcome. Um, normal things want to come back in my life. New fears that I never thought were an issue for me. But what do you do when fear comes in? What do you do when fear comes in for tomorrow? COVID, um, which we're now calling the C word. We don't want to even mention it anymore. But I don't know if I've read this or I just processed this. But I feel like COVID is like the earthquake and then what's happening now is the tidal wave. And I, I remember growing up, I never heard the ter term tsunami. And in my 20s, uh, because of a couple big events globally, we started talking about tsunamis. And what was fascinating, tsunamis is an earthquake would happen somewhere, usually in the South Pacific. And then there'd be an alarm saying a couple hours later on different islands and coasts, watch out because the earthquake may have happened here, but the wave will hit over here later on. And I feel like we're starting to see the waves of the tsunami after COVID start to hit. Because everybody's like, well, we kind of made it through. And there's cases and stuff. But remember, like, remember when? Remember the lockdown? Remember when we couldn't leave our county? Remember when there was, and okay, that seems like that part is over. And now we're starting to see the, 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 the reaping, the repercussions, in some ways, the tidal waves. We've seen it with inflation. We've seen that with gas prices and housing, and it's like the, the, this pandemic of years ago, we're starting to see the waves hit us now. We're seeing it with um, people quitting, the great resignation they're calling it. People with good jobs, great careers going, no, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And they don't, there's no plan. They're just like, I just can't do this. I'm done. We're seeing it with failures of character or even just failures to cope in marriages and churches and businesses, even community events. I'm hearing about they can't get enough coaches or referees and, or, or people to help with community events. People are just like, I just can't right now because of coping or failures. And there's so much of this wave. And I want to ask today because I, I wanted to address it. I want to speak into it. I want to journey on this today. What do we do as believers when fear is a part of your life? Because we can come in here and we can feel good and we can sing the right songs. And sometimes if we're not careful, you'll feel a pressure of stiff upper lip. i got to put a good foot forward. Make sure I put a good verse in my bio on Instagram. And, but inside, you put the good things on your story, but inside you are struggling. And then you're confronted with relationships, pressures, to-do lists, and you are shrinking back. There's no point faking it till you make it. Sometimes as Christians, we think that vulnerability is weakness. I'm so thankful in Scripture, Jesus said, I am stressed. He has said he was vulnerable with his weaknesses. He goes, I can't even do this. God, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go this way. I wish there was another way. Vulnerability is not weakness. 
So as a church, if we're honest today, what do we do when we are afraid? Fear wants to creep in, doesn't it? I don't know if your mind wants to go there. What do we do when we're afraid? Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, very, very well preached on, famous passage. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this. It says, and they defeated him, talking about him being the accuser of the brothers. We have an enemy of your soul. You need to know today that God is for you, but there is also an enemy against you. You just need to know that today. Some of you, it's like, I'm not just having a bad day. It's not just, I'm not in the right mood. Sometimes you need to know that the second you become a believer and a Christian, there's a target on your back. Isn't that encouraging? I heard, I heard an old hunter say it this way. You know, the only ducks to get shot at are the ones that are alive. <laughs> Good point. And some of you are like, I just feel like my life's under attack. Yeah, because once you get filled with God and his spirit and get alive, you're now dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. You're now dangerous to the enemy. And listen, we don't fear it, but you need to be aware of it. And the Bible says there's an accuser of the brother, and there's someone that's just coming against you in your thoughts, in your actions. Someone's trying to work against you. The Bible says that we are overcomers. Can someone say amen? It says this, says they defeated him by the blood of the lamb, which is the sacrifice of Jesus. Which means you can't give enough in church, you can't be good enough, you can't, you can't sing enough, you can't do enough community events, you can't buy enough Girl Guide cookies, come on somebody. You can't add that dollar to your order when you're going through drive through to help make a wish, come on. You cannot do enough to get yourself to heaven or God's grace and goodness. It's only through the sacrifice and life of Jesus Christ. That's his part. But then it says, and they overcame, they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were even afraid to die. Today I want to talk to you about testifying today. Testifying. It says they testified, which you know that word means you share what you personally witnessed. If you're asked to testify, it means I've seen something with my own eyes. I was there for that event, and I'm going to come and give my account. When you testify, it says this, that they testified and were not afraid. You see that? It says they testified and they were not afraid. I think there's a link today. I want to encourage you before we take communion about testifying and not being afraid. See, we all want to be not afraid, but sometimes I feel one thing gets taken is our words and our testimony. It says they testified, they shared what they seen, they, they shared their witness, they shared what God did for them, and then they were not afraid, even to the point when their lives were at risk, they were not afraid. They testified, and they were not afraid. I want to encourage you, the power for tomorrow is found, please don't miss this, in remembering what God did yesterday. I feel like in this season, there's so much of us trying to forget yesterday. Yesterday, when all my seems so. Some of you just left me hanging, you're like, this is going to be bad, and I just want to see how bad it's going to get. I hate you. I'm kidding. I love you so much. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for coming in there and helping me out. Some of us like, we don't want to remember yesterday. We don't want to remember the last two years. We don't want to remember that, that we just got that relationship fixed. We just thank you so You are the best ever. Am I suffering today? Thank you so much. You're a tall glass of water. Simmer down. You're actually five foot two. You're not that tall. But you are, you are refreshing to me. See, some of you odd, some of you didn't. Guys, that's why you're single right there. <laughs> we try to forget yesterday. I want to encourage you today. I want to drum up some memories today for you. 
I want you to remember. I want you to testify, because I believe your testimony, uh, what the power of tomorrow is found, uh, the power of tomorrow is found in remembering yesterday. Testimony services, and we talked with them once in a while, how they were crazy. If you didn't grow up in church, we just put microphones right there and right there. And they were some of the best services when you were not in charge. If you were in charge, you were just on guard, because that's when the crazy happened. And I used to think crazy was a church thing, and I've been around enough people that weren't church and realized crazy is just crazy. And people are cra- some of you are like, people are crazy in church. No, people are crazy everywhere. If you've been to a hockey game, parents are crazy. I was at a Sting concert a couple weeks ago, and they were crazy. Right? And testimony services, people get crazy. Do you grow up in a church with testimonies? Yeah, it got crazy. I got, I got some, how many got some stories from testimony services? We're not that church, by the way. We're never, you'll never see a microphone there and there. Why? Because you're crazy, right? Here's what happened in testimony services, though. I remember being a young man, being 9, 10, even as a teenager, and all of a sudden someone would get up and testify that I respected and loved, and maybe they were quiet in our church, an older couple or maybe a family, and they would start testifying about stuff I didn't know they were struggling with. I didn't know that that kid was sick. I didn't know they lost their job. I didn't know that their house was in chance of losing their home. I didn't know there was problems in relationships. And they would get up in a service and start testifying what God had done in their lives. And I remember being there as a young man sitting there, and the faith in the room, if you remember these, would start to lift. I remember thinking, if God can do it for that couple, then maybe he can do it for me. If, if God did it for that teenager, maybe he can do it for me. And as people started to share, the faith in the room started to build. And as they testified, fear started to leave lives. There's power in testifying. Hearing people I knew that were struggling, God moving in their lives, it built faith and hope in my life. I want to let you know there's hope today. Hope today. When... 2020 hit and, our, and COVID hit, um, we had some conversations at home, me and Nancy, and, um, you know, fear wanted to come in about our church. I don't know what you feel walking in. Maybe you feel like our church is fragile. Maybe you feel like our church is really strong. But being at that time really only a two-year-old church, there was, there was a lot of fragility in that. And I thought, are we going to make this financially? I remember thinking, are we going to have to lay someone off? And I remember having conversations. We should probably lay each other off and, like, try to protect the staff. Like, just honestly having some conversations going, what's worst-case scenario? What do we do here? First week, giving dropped by 50%. Because at that point, we were still passing offering buckets. Some of you remember those days. And doing debit, and all of a sudden, there was no in-person. And I remember thinking fear wanted to rush in. But when fear started to rush in... Um, I remember not just the survival of our church, but we started thinking about the people in our church, new to the faith, that had just got baptized and saved and given their life to Christ and going through next steps and figuring out their journey. I remember thinking, what's going to happen to them? If they can't get around other believers, forget about our church, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? And fear started rushing. And here's what started happening. Nancy and myself found ourselves remembering and testifying to each other. Now, we didn't have a microphone in our, in, our church, in our house going, is this on? Let's testify. But over coffee, sometimes laying in bed, sometimes sitting outside in the patio, we just start remembering. Remember, like, we go, what are we going to do? I don't know. But remember, remember when? We shared, and I've shared this story, parts of it. But I remember in 2015 when God led us to quit the ministry job we were in with no plan, no options. We had no options and no plans, and we quit. And we started going back to 2015 in our life, and Nancy would say, listen, if God didn't leave us, if it, God didn't bring us this far to leave us now. He's like, we, she goes, we got through that season when we had no option and no plan. And if God got us here, he won't leave us now. And sometimes you got to go back to go forward. 
Some of you don't know how you're going to go forward from this month. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can face it. My relationships, my finances, my health. I don't know if I can face tomorrow. Sometimes you got to go back before you can go forward. We started telling stories. Last week, I said to my, said to my daughter, I said, Maddie, she's 15, and I said to her, I said, Maddie, because some people have traumatic experiences over some transitional moments. I said to Maddie, I said, when dad was traveling all the time, when I was traveling all the time, is that a bad feeling for you? Because I've heard stories of people that their parents were traveling for work, for something, and kids would look at airplanes. Every time they saw an airplane go over top, they'd have a memory of like, oh, that's my parent going again. I wish my dad was home. I wish my mom was home. I said, do you have any trauma? Do you have any bad memories? Do you have any any feelings about that season when dad, because some, some years I was gone 250 nights of the year, traveling full time, trying to pay for mortgages and cars and soccer and the call of God in our life and 100, 120 flights a year, three quarters of a year away. And she said, I have no bad memories of that time. She said, you know what's interesting? I remember the Disney trip. I said, the Di- I, said I remember the Disney trip. I said, you know why I remember the Disney trip? This is part of the testimony. We started testifying. I remember I quit my job. I'm getting ready to transition with no option, no plan. And I get an email that I thought was a scam. You ever get one of those emails? You had a rich uncle you didn't know died. And they want to leave you $1 trillion. And if you just send them your bank account info, some of you are like, I did that yesterday. Do not do that. And $1,000 just for the processing fees, they will release to you $1 trillion. I got this email from this International Pentecostal Holiness. That sounds like a fun group, doesn't it? I got this email from this guy named Steve, and he's like, hey, we're doing a national youth convention in Daytona Beach. Would you come and be our speaker? And I thought, this is a scam. I'm a nobody from nowhere. You don't know who I am. Why did I get this email? I I went like, oh, great. And something said respond to it. So I replied with, amazing, would love to come. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean? I'm like, if you buy the tickets, I'll show up. This is my home airport, YHZ. A week later, a ticket showed up from Air Canada. Uh, they paid for I was like, this might be legit. <laughs> I started asking some friends in the States, like, oh, I know him. No, that's legit. I go to their website. I'm the guest speaker at this big event in Daytona Beach. <laughs> I was like, I, I have to go to this now. And then told Nancy, and we like, if we're going, and someone's like, you're going to Daytona Beach? I'll pay for your family to go to Disney. And someone gave, gave us rooms at Disney, and someone paid for our flights. I'm like, my God. I go, I never forget this event. I was preaching for the International Holiness, Pentecostal Holiness in Daytona Beach, the big youth convention. There was bishops, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what they were or what I was. I just knew I was preaching. And uh, I'll never forget this. Um, my dressing room was the same dressing room Elvis Presley used when he was in Daytona Beach. And I thought that was very cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. I thought it was amazing. So I'm in the true story. I'm in this dressing room that had not touched it in like 50 years. And same couch, same cool couch, and same old curtains, and same paneling. And they had pictures of all these people that had that dressing room. Over the years, they had Kenny Rogers, and they had other pictures. Sometimes you got to hold them. Sometimes you got to fold them. And you're what? Thank you, Greg. Okay. And and I'm like, I'm in Elvis. I remember texting Nancy. I'm in Elvis's dressing room. And no one at the International Pentecostal Holiness thought that was a big deal, as you can imagine. But I thought it was a really big deal. I'm like, God, this was out. They're like, yeah, we're here to seek God and win the youth. And I'm like, yeah, but this was Elvis's dressing room. I thought, this is amazing. This is awesome. That's it. That's it. I'll never forget that event as long as I live. And we start telling stories about these events. And it's amazing. I'm like, I got an email. I paid my mortgage that month. I'm thinking, God is so faithful. I remember another event. When, we, when God started the journey for Nova Church, I was, uh, I was landing in Baltimore City, and 
on the plane, I really heard God speak, and I'll never forget that moment. And that, that event, I was speaking for a conference of about 3,000 youth in Ocean City, and I'll never forget that event because this Christian rapper, well-known Christian rapper was on stage, 3,000 youth, and he swore in his set. And I didn't hear it because I couldn't understand the rapping, but he swore, and a whole bunch of people got upset, as they should, and there's this really passionate uh, community, Haitian community in Baltimore, and they just got excited and upset, and they started running to the stage, upset. And then they started a Jericho march in the arena. Not a good Jericho march. If you've ever been in church, it's when they go in circles. And they were yelling and praying in Haitian and in Creole and in tongues and in English. And every time they come by the stage and look at this rapper, they just shake their finger. And they just keep going. Hundreds of them. I did. what is going on? And then finally, after about 10 minutes of that, the head guy goes, all right, Pastor Mike, you're up to preach. And I was like, What? I had to get up and go, thank you very much. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'll never forget that event as long as I live. You know, what's amazing is we started telling stories when we went back. It set me up for faith for what the pandemic brought into our lives. Listen, there's power that shakes hell and moves heaven is when we start to tell the stories and we remember what God did in our lives. Here's the truth. If God will take you to it, he'll bring you through it. If God brought you to this point today, if God brought you to it, he will take you through it. Yes. And some of you need to remember what God has done in your life. You need to testify and remember what God did. I've had stories and conversations with some of you in this room where God stepped in and go, you know, I was in this relationship. I was searching for this. I was lost here. I didn't know how I was going to figure this out. But I felt God's presence. I saw a bus stop sign. I saw an ad on Instagram. I had someone invite me. I had this person come in and help me. I had this miracle happen over here. I had parents praying here. And I'm here today. And I don't know about tomorrow, but God was with me yesterday. Listen, if he will bring you to it, he will see you through it. And there's something about your testimony. When they said they testified, they were no longer afraid. Church, I want to remind you to remember what God did in your life. Some of you start telling yourself some stories. Start talking to yourself. On the drive home day, start telling stories. Remember when? Remember when our parents? Remember when God moved on their life? Remember when I was 15 and God moved on my life? Some of you need to remember what God has done in your life. When fear for tomorrow rushes in, we start to testify. And me and Nancy would stay, sit there and we start telling stories of what God did in our lives. It's amazing how the faith started to rise for tomorrow when we look back and go, listen, if he brought us to this point, he didn't drop us, he didn't forget us, we had no money, no options, no plans, and somehow we're still standing. We never missed a soccer payment, we never missed a mortgage payment, we never missed a car payment, our kids had the best time of their lives. Listen, if God did it, he can do it again. When you testify, faith comes in. There's an amazing passage in scripture, famous story of a guy named David, a young man. I won't read the whole story today, but in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David's showing up. He's a teenager, and he shows up, and there's a battle happening between the Philistines, who are the bad guys against God's people, and you have the Israelites, God's people. There's a king named Saul, and he's there, and he has his mighty men, and he has his warriors and his whole army, and thousands of, of men for Israel on one side of the valley, and thousands of men for the Philistines on the other side, and they're waiting for a battle to happen between their champion, who is Goliath. History says he was nine foot nine. He was so strong, just that his spear weighed 130 pounds. He would throw this uh, hundreds of yards. He was a mammoth of a man. And his champion, their champion was taunting God's people saying, send down your best ultimate fighter and I'll rip him to pieces. Send him down, send him down. And there was fear in the camp. And David as a teenager shows up here. Let me read it in verse 32. In verse 32, he shows up 
And David says to the king, he says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul the king. I'll go fight him. Teenager. So thankful for teenagers in our church. He said, I'll go fight him. This is the king. Girls, shh, girls, shh, thank you. Saul said, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. He said, but I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, and when a lion, don't miss this, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw. Catch it by the jaw. I'm not an outdoors person, obviously. I don't think you catch a bear by the jaw. I would catch a cab or an Uber at that point, not a jaw. It says you catch it by the jaw and he would club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine. Verse 37, watch this. He says, the Lord who rescued me, past tense, from the claws of a lion and a bear will will, future tense, rescue me from this Philistine. When he was faced with a giant that was challenging his freedom, his future, his future family, his nation, and his king, what did he do? He didn't quote his position. I don't know if you know this, but I had a moment where God called me to be the next king. I'm kind of entitled to be the next king. He didn't quote his position. He went back to his testimony and said, listen, I know I'm just a boy, but when I was in the field, and a bear or a lion or an animal came to attack, God delivered me then. If he delivered me, if he rescued me then, he will rescue me now. And as I walk down into this battle, not knowing his strength, knowing he's bigger than me, stronger than me, and fear wants to rush in, I know this. If God did it for me before, he'll do it for me again. He said, I got to go back before we can go forward. King, listen, let me go back and tell you of what God did for me. Why? Because if he brought me to this moment, in this valley, in this fight, with this giant, at this time, with these people, if he brought me to it, he'll get me through it. Some of you need to remember what God's done in your life. Some of you need to open your mouth and start telling some stories again. Remember when? We've been pushing down so many memories. We've got to remember. I love this. He says, the Lord who rescued me will rescue me again. He remember what God had done And he had faith in his heart that God would do it again. This week I shared a meal with one of our team, one of you. And this young person was telling me their life story and talked about, I said, tell me your story. He said, man, just a few years ago, life was very different. I grew up in church. I was far from God. He's like, I I found myself um, drinking every night, doing cocaine. I was far from God. I was in a mess. But today, today I can tell you that God, through, and he started telling the miracles of this prayer being answered and this person reaching out and this church being a part of his miracle and God loving this young man. And he said, where I was a few years ago, high on cocaine, drinking my problems away, far from God, feeling, this was his word, shame all over me. Now my, his eyes are bright. His future is set. He, he, he's locked in. And I said, oh, the goodness of God. And as we sat there and broke bread together and ate together, as he shared what God had done, I felt courage fill my heart. My phone is full of text messages of people with going through some stuff. Some of you are going through some stuff. I got fear here. I got anxiety here. I got some challenges here. And they're real. But I was sitting there overwhelmed by some of the circumstances that some of you are going through. As I sat there at that table, faith started to fill my heart. Why? Because when the testimony happened, Courage walked in. 
And that moment we had dinner, we went back a few years, and as we went back, it set me up to walk out and go forward in faith for this church, for your life and for my life. Church, I want to remind you today that if he brought you to it, he will see you through it. The best way to deal with an unknown future is to remember a known God. I don't know what tomorrow is going to happen. The market might crash. Inflation go through the roof. Gas prices, there's no stopping. I don't know if houses are going to be affordable. Is there going to be food shortages? I don't know if there's going to be more pandemics and monkeypox and everything else happening. It's unknown. But I can trust an unknown future with a known God. I remember on that flight when God stepped in. I remember when he healed my kids. I remember when he helped our marriage. I remembered some of the stories. Remember Lee when he helped you get that job. Remember Billy when he came into your life. You celebrate that you're addiction free. Start remembering stories in this room. What God did in your life. Corey sharing this morning what God did in their life. Couldn't have kids and little girl now all over Instagram. That's all Corey talks about, his little girl. Listen, if God did it, he'll do it again. If he brought you to it, he'll see you through it. Sometimes you got to go back, church. I want to encourage you. We're going to take communion in a moment. We're going to remember. As you're taking the elements, I want you to remember what God has done. Don't be overwhelmed with what you need him to do. Don't be overwhelmed with tomorrow holds. Can we go back today? It's a way back playback today. Start testifying. Listen, God saw me when I was. God was with me when I was. When no one else would, but God showed up. If he brought you to it today, have hope. He'll see you through it. He's a good God. Psalm 119, verse 55. In the night, in the dark, in the chaos, in the hiddenness, in the night, Lord, I remember, I testify, I remember your name, that I may keep your law, which means hold the course. In the darkest time, I testify, and it helped me stay the course. I remember, in the night, Lord, I remembered your name, and I was able to keep your law. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. You're fearful today? Testify. Remember what he's done, and have faith that he will do it again. Stand to our feet today. I've asked the worship team, they're going to sing this song about a God that moves mountains. I said, if he did it, he'll do it again. I want the faith in this room to increase, not because the song is good, though it is. Not because the preaching was fire, but it was. Because when you start, listen, when you start to remember what God has done in your life, where you were when he found you, when you start to tell those stories, something starts to happen. Fear wants to be pushed out. And hope starts to rush in. Why? Because if he brought you to it, he will see you through it. Amen? Come on, Matt. Lead us in this. Let's worship together. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall but you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness 
I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Never fail me. I know the night won't last. will come to pass my heart will sing your praise again Jesus you're still Insistence, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise is stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. If you grab your communion together, peel off the top little film, you'll see just the wafer available there. You can help us out by also taking this garbage with you when you leave. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus had gathered his disciples, knowing they were in for the most fearful time in just a few short hours. In just a few moments, he was going to be betrayed, led to the cross, butchered, but then he was going to rise again. They were going to be persecuted, but they had hope. And in that moment, in his last pep talk, his last rally, his last moments, what did he say? He gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces, the bread. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. I want to remind you today, you have to go back before you go forward. Go back in your mind. Remember what God's done as we take this together. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 25. In the same way, he took the cup he said, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Remember me. I want to encourage you today that if he brought you to it, he will see you through it. He brought the disciples to that point. He said, listen, remember, if I brought you to it, I'll see you through it. Let's take it together. Father, I thank you. We remember we go back right now we remember where you where we were when you found us when you healed us when you saved us when you helped us when you connected us when you got us that job got us into that school when you mended that marriage when you fixed that relationship when you helped our mental health our physical health god we thank you right now 
Father, if you did it before, you can do it again. Father God, we cast aside fear and doubt and hopelessness, and we may pray that faith fills the room. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, come on, let's worship. I see you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way with it. you why don't you instagram about that this week why don't you tweet about that this week why don't you facebook about that this week i was here but god found me god helped me let's testify in our cars in our chats in our texts in our conversations because if he did it he'll do it again he brought us to it he'll see us through it fear has to leave when faith fills the room amen have an amazing week i want to remind you step two is happening right now for next steps the coffee is flowing online we love you church we'll see you next week god bless you have a great amazing week